You guys ready to start? Start what? <laughs> yep. This is the latest episode of Future Chat. We're back. Uh, I'm here with Nick and Mike. We have plenty of stuff to discuss. I didn't contribute much to this, except for one story that I'm realizing right now should probably be in follow-up, but isn't. Um, if, if my internet is bad right now, if my internet being potentially bad right now causes the, the, uh, the stream to be bad, I apologize. But as I put in the notes, I'm having some issues with Backblaze. The, the backup service is very good and it's very solid. But as I learned two weeks ago now when my, my hard drive crashed, uh, external hard drive, non-primary, my external hard drive, uh, restoring from backblaze is not the easiest process uh i kind of knew going in that you had the ability to go and download files from their web service and then like basically just download them to your computer i didn't really consider what it meant when they said you can download a zip archive of your files and that not that there's anything necessarily wrong with that that might even be the best way to do it but it makes it significantly more difficult to download an entire hard drive worth of files when you actually need to restore an entire hard drive worth of files. Didn't they? Don't they ship a hard drive if it's a full crash or no? They, they so can. That's fine, and I could use that. Uh, in that case, you have to pay one side of the shipping costs, and they say that includes. They're not going to pay any customs or duty or any money that's involved with getting things to internationally from the U.S. And I didn't really want to wait that long, nor did I want to pay the whatever, whether it's $10 or $50, whatever it's going to cost to get a hard drive through customs. Like you basically, there's no way to know in advance how much it's going to cost. You just pay whatever yep. they end up invoicing you for. Uh, I don't know if you ever dealt, dealt with that before, but I dealt with that trying to get Plantronics headphones across the border. And it was really, it added like 25, 30% to the cost of the headphones and I just don't want to have to deal with that. So I'm stuck downloading a zip archive of my files, which, like I said, is fine and is definitely the most efficient way to send massive, like, terabyte amounts of files across the internet. But uh, the issue that I have with Backblaze is that they limit the size of zip archive that you can download from the oh, server. No. Oh, and, no. But they don't tell you how big, what the, <laughs> they don't tell you what the limit is. And it take like their, their interface for doing it. They basically either say, uh, you can, you set up a restore, like you grab a bunch of files, pick a bunch of files from their online file picker and then hit restore and it'll generate a, a zip archive at, in some time frame. Uh, in my experience, it was between eight and 24 hours or so. One of them, one of the archives was 125 gigabytes. One of them was 200 some gigabytes and the other one was 460. I think the limit might be 500 gigabytes, the largest thing they can do. And then they have this, they either say you can download it using your native downloader and that's kind of at your own peril with files that size, or you can use their, they have a Backblaze downloader. It's a little utility that you install on your computer and then, uh, it will handle downloading and then once it's downloaded you can just hit unzip and it'll it's also got an unzipping utility built in so it'll just kind of do all that work but it's very it's basically like you can set the this download speed at the beginning but you can't pause it you can't 
speed it up. Like you can't throttle it up or down if you need to use that bandwidth for something else. It's just like the, the uploader part of like the actual backing up part of Backblaze is so nuanced and detailed and you can pause things and you can like pause backups on a schedule. You can do all kinds of things, but then the up, the, the restoring tool is just like, basically you hit it and you either have to let it just run its course or you can stop it and start it again at a later time. It just seems like it's very backwards given that the point of backing up your files isn't to have a backup somewhere. It's to be able to easily get them back if you need to. And it makes it really difficult to do that unless you have a hard drive shipped to you, which as far as I know, it was introduced after they started as a company. It was originally web restore only. And I would think if you're, if you're backing up your files in case of loss of data from a hard drive, the having the entire contents of that drive brought back to you as quick as possible seems like the thing you'd want the most, like the only important thing. And it seems like it's not for them. And I, I just think it's kind of weird. I, it's the first time I've ever had a hard drive crash and I knew it was just a matter of time and I wasn't, I'm not worried about the files because I can go get any individual file I want. But the goal for me once my hard drive crashes is to get a new hard drive and get everything back on it the way I had it before. Mm-hmm. Like that's what the point of a backup is and it's right. very difficult. It's going to be very difficult and time consuming to do that with them. I think if it were me using this service and I was going to restore the way I'd hope it would work is you go say, I want to restore. And you say, mm-hmm. great, what location? This yeah. one. Okay, here we go. And that's it. Yeah. Like you'd like think Google it, Drive where you just like, or Dropbox, whatever, where you say yes, and it'll just fill that yeah, folder with right? files. Yeah. Like it should, it should mirror the file structure yeah. that you have already set up there into whatever location you want. I don't see why there's this whole downloading client, but, yeah. zip files. Like even if it does all that in the background, that's fine. But mm-hmm. from a user experience perspective, it should be, this is where I want my restore to go. And that's, that's all you should need to do. And then let let it run in the background and adjust its bandwidth as, as needed, I guess. Right. Like it's, that seems very weird that they have it set up like that. Yeah. So it, it is very cheap backup. And so I get that may, like I would pay at least twice as much as I have been for the ability to just do yeah. what you said. Like, that's exactly what I would want to. And I, I've been thinking that maybe somehow, cause I know it's innate, like the, the app started off as Mac only. I feel like this tools might somehow be better on Mac. And so I want to try, like my hard drive is connected to my desktop, which is windows. So I, it wouldn't, it would be inconvenient for me to have to do that, but I might just see what the restore process is like on a Mac to see if it's any better. Even if, you had to pay like a one-time restore fee to get yeah. that extra feature. Yeah, right. Like, I absolutely would right? in a heartbeat. Yeah, isn't yeah. that the customs fees for the hard disk? But you still well, have to wait, though. Yeah, like, you still have to wait for the hard drive, and you still have to you have to mail the hard drive back at your own expense. Um, it it's oh, a you one. Have to mail it's it technically back. yeah. Otherwise, oh, you have to mail it back they, they, they charge you, you for the hard drive. Yeah, right. So All right. it's not the optimal solution. And I know that they know they could do better. And maybe that's like something they're working on. But it struck me as odd considering that it's such a well-known backup solution. It's well-known in our circle. No, I think it's pretty well-known among technology people. Like they say set it up. And I I feel like the people that use Backblaze and talk about it as being good are people who have 
their files backed up locally, backed up, not just saved locally, but backed up locally and use Backblaze as an extra offsite backup. So it's like, this is an emergency scenario. And so you only use it once every, mm-hmm. like even a blue moon is not often enough. Like right. you'd, you'd use it so infrequently that it's just like, you'd only ever need one file or something. Whereas I, w- I was using it and I'm using it as a backup of my files. Right. Now, do you feel that it functions better, worse, or the same as a cloud storage service like Drive or Dropbox? <laughs> I thought it worked better, but it wasn't actually its function that was better. It was just the fact that it gave you unlimited size backups. Mm-hmm. and Without the file sharing aspect, though. The ease of file sharing, anyway. Right. Without like, any, any kind of file sharing, yeah. Right. But in theory, like I was thinking, if I had just five terabytes, 10 terabytes, whatever it is of Google drive storage, I, that would be way better because then I right. could just do an easy restore of but the also entire more hard drive. Expensive. Yeah. Yeah. It's more, it's, it's a lot more expensive. It's at least possibly a hundred times more expensive per year. Uh, so it's not really the perfect solution for me at this point, but it's something that would definitely be way easier. How much are you paying for backblaze? Uh, it's hard to tell because I got a discount because I used a podcast code. Right. Which I, podcast code? I don't know. It was a long, it was a long time ago. And there every was like podcast 10. has one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it works out to around, it was a hundred or so dollars for two years. Okay. But I was, so per month, I think that's what, $4 a month? Four or five bucks. Yeah. And that's US or Canadian? Probably US. That was Canadian. Oh, oh, that's not bad. So yes. it it was way cheaper than it was supposed to be. Maybe it was even less than that. I don't remember. Right. But uh, it was not, it was very affordable and compared to what they had offered, like you got bigger discounts the longer term you signed up for. And I don't know if they always have promotions like that, but it was really, it was really inexpensive. Right. Yeah. Because Drive is 10 bucks US for a terabyte per month. Right. Which which comes with the file sharing aspect as well, which most people would use something like Drive for. If it's just yep. backup, then you, yeah, you'd use a backblaze type type thing. Yeah. So I guess on that end, if you had if you wanted both backup and the sharing, you could do the backblaze and then a drive portion that does the file sharing yeah. function. So but yeah, it, it seems like you can't really have both with one service. Yeah. Okay, it was it was seventy six dollars for two years oh so it was really cheap maybe even, yeah it was between two and three dollars for per month hmm. and i understand why <laughs> because it's pretty the, the restoring part is pretty limited like backing up your files is really great and it's a good value for doing it yeah but if you don't live in the states then it's a pretty expensive proposition to actually get a hard drive sent so did you actually need all that stuff re-restored re-restored restored i mean need is a is a very big what, word. What I'm asking <laughs> is, could you have just restored on demand as needed going forward? I don't think, and I, I haven't actually, like I haven't looked at any FAQs or anything, but I don't think Backblaze is meant as like an uh, a cache of things. I don't know how long it's actually going to keep that that two terabytes almost of stuff oh, backed up. What? what? What do you mean? Like they just I feel like it? it would probably keep it for as long as I was paying for the account. Right. No, for sh- obviously. But, but I mean... I don't know that that's the case. I don't, I, it, it might be like 30 days. It might be 90 days. I don't know. I had, like I said, I haven't looked, 
but I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable treating it as a cache. Oh, like if there wasn't a local copy to mirror, you mean? Right. Like if I didn't have a local copy, I wouldn't feel comfortable just letting it exist only on the cloud with, with only with such a weird, like time consuming way to get the files back. If it was like drive, like for drive, I put some files in a folder and then I just remove them from my desktop. Like I just have it not sync. Right. But I know that I can just like flip a switch and get those back. Whereas this would be like, I have to go and get the zip archive and download, like get it ready to restore and then actually restore it and then unzip it. Like it's a, it's taken a long time, like it's taken four days already. And I've only done one of the three files just because it, it's a process that, like I said, you have to start it. And you have no idea when it's actually going to be done. And you can't, like, if you, you can't pause, you have to either stop and restart or just let it run. <laughs> so how does it normally work? Does it look at a drive or a set of folders or whatever to back up? And then every so often it checks to see what to sync up the same way that any other type of server yeah, backup would work? So if now that your files are gone, like your external drive is not with you anymore, if it checked for something to sync to it would find nothing it would just delete everything right now it just said i i considered that and kind of worried about it but when you go into the control panel it just says d drive unplugged so it's considered gone but it's not right considered lost like it its default is hold on to everything right <laughs> which is good because i have like my current drive that i've replaced it with is called is d right now is mapped to d but there's d that's there and plugged in and then there's a version of d that's been unplugged so you still have the d yeah i still have the d that's good <laughs> um, so if you if you had your drive and you just deleted everything off it would it at that point delete everything off its backup because the same drive is still there but no i in think it? i'd have to i'd have to explicitly say remove this okay and i i haven't looked for that option yet <laughs> but so far it just says unplugged right yeah from the sound of it, it seems like drive or even dropbox is like more elegant it's definitely more elegant solution yeah yeah but like i said a lot more how much is it like because I, I know you can get 10 terabytes 20 but i think it's like 100 bucks a month yeah, for 10 terabytes yeah which is too rich for my blood at this point <laughs> unless you're a corporation yeah exactly like, oh whatever 100 <laughs> bucks a month yeah actually that'd be pretty cheap for for that yeah uh so backblaze take with a grain of salt Mike, do you want to take us through the next, the last piece follow up here? I, I definitely do. This is actually pretty interesting. It seemed to happen quickly. I'm assuming this process got started well before the news of the autonomous beer delivery that <laughs> came a week or two ago. Yeah. Uh, but Michigan just passed or is expected to pass a bill, sign a bill to legalize driverless vehicles without a driver or a steering wheel. Interesting. So, so basically allowing for the platoon that was described in the story about the beer delivery, where you'd right. have a set, one or more driverless trucks hauling whatever cargo, and then it would get to whatever port where a driver would kind of take over and navigate through the city and whatnot. Did I miss this story? You may have. Okay. It sounds like so, something I missed. Yeah. So the original story was they demoed... I, don't recall which company off the top of my head. I think it's mentioned in this article too. Um, Auto. O-T-T-O. There's an autonomous truck company called Auto that has expressed intentions to overhaul the trucking industry in the United States. The company had its first test, a beer run, in October in Colorado. 
Mm. So, okay. so, so we Delicious. talked about that. Yeah. So we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And so it looks like this is another step forward in, in allowing for that type of system where the trucking industry is apparently quite hungry for drivers. Like it's, there's demand, always demand, I guess. And it's a fairly demanding job as well. Uh, yeah. Lots of, lots of driving, long hours. There's also lots of like, you know, semis that have gone off the side of the road. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, and that's, that's a whole aspect yeah. is that if you have a computer driving, you don't really run that risk. So your only risk is the drivers around you versus the driver in the truck. So this allows for the computer to do the driving on the highway part. And I guess theoretically in the cities as well, but I think the, the proof of concept will be the highway driving. And then once they kind of get used to that, then they'll start going more towards the city driving uh, autonomous. But I think even if they can cut, get highway driving to be autonomous, like even for people going on road trips and stuff, like highway driving is quite monotonous. Yeah, I mean, it, it can be scenic and nice, but for, for a lot which of... highway. Yeah, exactly. Like the, <laughs> the Icefields Parkway between yeah. Banff and Jasper. Wow, is that amazing. If it's pretty Highway much- 2 between Edmonton and Calgary, not so much. <laughs> See, pretty much any drive west is going to be nice. And even even Calgary well, to Edmonton isn't bad. Like, to the west, for a little bit anyway, you can see the mountains. But uh, as f- soon as you start going east until you get into, like, the Great Lakes region, you're probably not going to see much. Well, even then, like, I can tell you the 401 gets pretty monotonous after a while. Mm-hmm. It's just trees. Not and even. even then. It's like <laughs> the pretty grass. stunted, pretty not very exciting trees for a good long stretch of it. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. This is it's, it's cool that laws are adapting to technology. And Uber was a kind of another example of uh, a change that occurred that has taken a while for the law to catch up with yeah. and is still catching up with. But um, I don't know. I'm excited. It, this is... You mentioned... Auto, the company. Yeah. That's the company that did the beer run. Yeah. That's, yeah. And it also says here was just bought by Uber recently? Apparently. It, that, that's what I'm, I did not hear that, but that is crazy. So Uber, not only are they doing their own self-driving stuff starting in Pittsburgh, but they're, they've bought this autonomous trucking company. Right. Um, and so the, this company that's doing the platooning that you're talking about is called Peloton. And I'm I'm curious what because the, there, there's a video here that I'm I haven't watched, mm-hmm. but it like when you talk about a platoon, that's like one car is one car leading and the other ones are following it. Well, I, I don't know what sense of the word they're using platoon, but yeah, I, th- I think the idea is like convoy. That's kind of how I hear it. Yeah, yeah. So it would be all of them together. I guess I don't think it relies on them being all together. Right. I think it's just the idea of a delivery being made with a bunch of autonomous vehicles. I think it might be, I think it might be a bunch in a line and because the, the video that I'm watching now, um, the it seems like the one in front is being driven by a driver and the rest are all in a platoon behind it, not being driven. That That's what this video suggests. And that's okay. what the, the use of the word platoon might suggest, which Makes sense because that's kind of what Tesla does when it's in traffic. It it watches the car in front of it and just kind of stays behind it. Right. And it uses that to gauge speed. It uses that to gauge, like it can watch lane markings, but it mostly uses the cars around it. Yeah. 
So there's there's a paragraph up here that says, according to the bill, the one that was is going to be signed in Michigan, yeah. platooning is defined as a group of individual motor vehicles that are traveling in a unified manner at electronically coordinated speeds. Right. So I I don't th- again it doesn't hinge on one being human driven. Right. It's true. But yeah, maybe maybe this one is specific to more than one vehicle. Yeah. But I, I don't know why that's significant. Like you right. think one should be also. Yeah. Like I don't know. Either way, it's it's a good advancement in yeah, of in allowing for autonomous vehicles to be to be used and, yeah. and hopefully improve the world around us. Yeah. Actually, before we move on, yesterday, um, yesterday Tesla released a another video of a self driving car. Just they they set the soundtrack to Yakety Sax, and it was just the car navigating through kind of urban environments. Wait, do you have? And of course, do you have a link. I have a link. I, it, like, I would suggest just based on the the videos that they put out, that just go subscribe to Tesla. Um, I'll yeah, I'll put a link in the notes. But it's it's like the most boring. If it if it wasn't a self driving car, it would be like the most boring video ever because it's just a car going through the paces of driving around. Um, but I watched like the entire two minute high speed video and of course at the end they show off the fact that it can like the driver gets out and it can just park itself um but yeah i really i'm very happy about it there there's a link um i yeah i just think the self-driving technology is so cool and they they this one's different from the very first one that we talked about a few weeks ago in that they they have the main video of the what the like dash cam sees, but they also have three other views, like three other cameras the car has set up, with it picking out different landmarks and other cars, and basically showing you from different views what the Tesla sees and how it identifies objects and people and cars. So it kind of gives you a better view of what's actually going on. I wonder what the green and blue boxes. Yeah, signify. I kind of. I, I'm curious about that too. It's almost like what it's focusing on in that specific yeah. moment, maybe. Yeah. But the blue means that it sees what it is, but it's maybe not focusing on it. I don't know. It's right. kind of crazy. But yeah, it's, that's a cool video, just seeing it kind of drive around. Yeah. So, yeah, that's. Uh, I guess that's it for follow-up. And we didn't even really discuss what's happening next. This is totally... Nick, I feel like we should start with one of your stories. Should we? Do you want to talk about coffee first? Well, I mean, if I'm being 100% honest, I want to keep listening to Gackety Sex and watch this car drive. <laughs> it's it's not actually a, like the original Yakety Sax. It's like a cover, uh, a restyling, but I, I do like it. Yeah. I did hear that it was a restyling, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So a topic very near and dear to my heart is computer modeling of things. And I can confidently report to you guys the answer is 20%. You want to extract know. roughly 20% of the dissolve or of the, 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 the uh, what's the word I want? Mass? Is it mass? Are you sure it's that's, mass? That's that's the word they 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 said mass. Did they say that? Yeah. <laughs> they just say you want to extract about 20%. Pressure is 20% mass. What are you guys talking about so far? Because <laughs> nobody has any context. Well, that's stupid. Anyway, you want to extract 20% from coffee grounds in order to get the most efficient, most delicious cup of coffee. Yeah. It's 20% of the molecular mass. Huh. 
That sorry, and listeners did not see my eye roll there. <laughs> well, you kept debating Mike or saying that it wasn't here. mass. Okay, for one, screw you guys. <laughs> well, no, but I'm like I'm wondering if it's mass or total extractable solids or total extract extractable mass. So the the quote is: you want to extract about twenty percent. Because if you extract too little of the mass of the coffee grain, you only get the flavors that come from chemicals of a small molecular mass, which extract fast. So you don't get that complex flavor you want in the coffee. I'm really curious about the efficiency of this versus the flavor. Well, he said there was like they started investigating all the things you could actually like get. Yeah. And all the things you could actually track in a, in a theoretical model. And pretty soon it's just like, well, we're not worrying about that. <laughs> like, that is just too intense. Right. Yeah. And Says the person doing coffee research. They also, <laughs> they also decided that they weren't going to do, like, different brewing methods. They were just going to do drip brewing. Okay. Which does not help me at all, as I drink yeah. from my tiny cup. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So, one of the things I found interesting was they decided not to factor in water quality, which from my understanding is actually a fairly big factor in making coffee, whether it's brewed or not. Like like dissolve solids in water, like chemicals, quote unquote. <laughs> oh my god. Not 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 in the not in the bad way, but other what chemicals other way? than chemicals other than people understood understand to be bad, which Calcium obviously isn't carbonate. bad, but or whatever, yeah, so like or fluoride or whatever. So you have hydrogen, oxygen normally in water. So yeah, anything other always. than hydrogen, you oxygen, almost always. Almost have that always. In water. <laughs> <laughs> Chances are there'll be some. So anything else will add or take away from the flavor of the coffee in various ways. So they weren't controlling for that. They were just looking at brew time and ground size it looks like yeah but i'm assuming once you optimize like a series of factors then you can say okay so this is the optimal thing for this and then let's plug that in and look at total right. dissolved solids in the water or something like that right so as far as grind size like i thought that was a fairly well understood concept as far as coffee brewing yeah, yeah. went that was another <laughs> i looked at this and went it, quote the bitterness occurs when the surface area of the grain is high quote or bracket a fine grind preventing water from easily flowing between the grounds and increasing the amount of coffee extracted from the beans and i looked at it, i was like yeah could have told you that too <laughs> too small a grind will make it more bitter but that's i mean i guess that's why they do science that's probably a good proof of concept for the model yeah yeah it's like yes we found that too fine a grind will make too bitter a coffee it's working. <laughs> I should say here, in this article, they mentioned that there are 1,800 chemicals that make up a cup of coffee. Yeah. Now it's I'm disgusting. skeptical. Disgusting. So many chemicals. Okay. So many chemicals, guys. <laughs> and, like, I feel like a lot of those chemicals are carcinogens, you know? <laughs> like, I just... Probably all of them. I just wish I could have some organic, free-range, GMO-free coffee beans. Chemical-free coffee beans, even. Chemical-free coffee beans. <laughs> I mean, at least make them free trade. They don't have to be free range. <laughs> 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 
No, I want them to be free range. Rob, have I you want been the to a coffee to be able to, to wander the hills? <laughs> coffee factory farm where they're in these one square foot cages. <laughs> Little cages for the coffee plants. <laughs> I have never. I've never visited anywhere that, like... There's a little trough under all the cages so that when the beans <laughs> drop off the plants, they just roll. <laughs> oh, man. So, being a person that doesn't really drink coffee, can you can you explain why you might want an efficient brew? Like, why that would be something to optimize for? Even if you're just kind of doing science? Like, what... Are you trying to save, like, use as little coffee grounds as possible? Is that why you'd want an efficient brew i'm going to be honest this isn't the best written article i've ever read i well, don't the article know. or the like the paper that it's based on the article i haven't read the paper okay interesting because they- yeah so i don't know if it's efficiency based on extraction or efficiency based on amount of beans used right i remember when i absolutely like was loath to ever look at a paper and now i'm like man i should really look at the paper but there's, but there's a bunch yeah. of interesting stuff there. Yeah. Well, and they're looking for a mathematical model of the perfect coffee process. Like what? It well, seems like in all things, the answer is going to be automation yeah. one day. I also wanted to say, if you're skeptical regarding the 1,800 chemicals in coffee, mm-hmm. um, there, I can't remember which book it is. I think it's, it's by Dr. Joe Schwartz. Shout out to Dr. Joe. Um, okay. He had a story in one of his books. I absolutely adore his books about chemistry. And it was about the efforts they actually went to to characterize the aroma of a strawberry. Yeah. We lost Mike. We did lose Mike. He'll be back. Okay. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. And like they had to build this custom glassware that was like, you know, kilometers and kilometers long to what? get decent separation of all the the compounds and the aromatic, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, they took the smell of a, a strawberry and then they, yeah, it, it was just bizarre the length they went to to characterize all the, all the components of the aroma of a strawberry. But not only did they want to separate, like they wanted to not only identify them, but separate, like get them all separated. Well, yeah, but like if you want a GC method or something like that, you have to separate them all. Right. Crazy. Because there are better ways to do that, I would think now. Well, this is also when they were first going about it. So, right. Like, I'm sure you could put it into a quadrupolar mass selector GCMS and just have it all. But, right. You know, hmm. it takes me back. <laughs> it takes me back to when I actually did that every day. Yeah, I, I kind of wish that I had had more experience using those instruments. I really only did it in school, other than NMR, obviously, because that was what I well, was actually studying. But. Yeah, it was really interesting. You'd get you'd get the first level of things where it's all just, you know, a hump starts up, and that's because yeah. things are going through the the column. Yeah. And then if you actually clicked on that, it would be, or it would give you the full mass spectrum for whatever it was. Yep. And it was really cool. He called it the total the total ion or ion chromatograph or the tick. People would always ask to see the tick. Yep. Mike, tell us why Hangouts is dead. Are we going to go over that again? 
What do you mean again? We never talked about this. We've we've talked about this so many times. No, tell me about Hangouts being dead and why you think that based on the recent news. It's it's not really based on it. It's more... So WhatsApp being one of, if not the most popular messaging apps in the world, owned by Mm -hmm. Facebook, is getting more and more features that people need or want. And Google, having its Hangouts product, was trying to fill a lot of those voids previously left by these apps, such as video calling. But now that WhatsApp is getting or has got video calling, Mm -hmm. there's almost no reason for people to use the Google apps. Like there's no selling point that Google can sell that people don't already have with their existing apps. Like same with like Allo and Duo. It's like everything those apps do, other apps already do and people already use. So why would anyone switch? AI part, but very little. And even that people people aren't going to switch to that app for that. Right. No, I know. I agree. It, that that's more a perk for people who already use the app. Yeah. And, and I can almost guarantee WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger or both are going to get that same feature. Which feature? The AI, like part? personal assistant, yeah. Yeah. It Well, I don't know, because Facebook would have to partner with someone to get that. Who says they, they have, have the, their own AI platform. Well, the, they've already bought Oculus? Yeah. Fa- yeah, Facebook owns yeah. Oculus long. Yeah. yeah. So why wouldn't they already have bought or will buy an AI company. Well, maybe, but I don't think that's a foregone conclusion. I think it's a matter of time. Like with the way technology is going, like AI is just next to VR as far as kind of developing technologies. Yeah. Do, do either of you use WhatsApp? Yes. No. Well, for a lot of the answer is yes, because Mike uses it. So here's, here's my story. Okay. Yeah. Rob, when you and I started using Hangouts, I was like, told Maria, I was like, hey, you should use Hangouts. And she's like, why? And I was like, because it has emoji. She's like, yeah, sounds good. Let's do it. Because at yeah. the time, Hangouts was one of the few that supported emoji, I think. Yeah. Um, like custom emoji properly. Custom emoji. Is that what you mean? I, I just mean using emoji. Like maybe just on Android, it didn't give the option to add emoji on the default Google keyboard unless you're in Hangouts. Oh, like you, right. Okay. Right? Yeah, I get what you're like saying. You could install third-party keyboards that had emoji and yeah. stuff, but it was more okay. of a pain. So, but when you're in Hangouts, it popped up a little emoji button that you yeah. could go to. So anyway, she's like, well, that's cool. So then we started using Hangouts and use emoji, whatever. But then her family in Colombia used WhatsApp as their yeah. messaging. So she used WhatsApp with them. And then I was like, hey, WhatsApp does emoji too. And then I was like, we can just use WhatsApp. Yeah. After after we switched to Slack, I, I was only using Hangouts with her. So I was like, why don't we just start using WhatsApp? Because that's what she used already. So she's like, okay, that right. works for me. So now I don't use Hangouts with anyone. I use WhatsApp with her and I use Slack for every other messaging. So I've migrated myself away from Hangouts. Aside yeah, from what here. we're doing right now. And even this technically isn't hangouts even though it's this is called yeah. a google hangout it's it's this is the basically the vestigial part of what used to be hangout <laughs> <laughs> vestigial in the sense of it's not really necessary anymore it's just still well, no, there vestigial in that it's kind of broken off it did it's not Her- serving its similar original purpose okay like yeah. as in peer-to-peer communication yeah, this is a Hangout on Air, right? but not because it's not on Hangouts anymore. It's on YouTube. 
<laughs> that's what I mean. But the URL still hangos.google.com. Yeah. Slash whatever. So anyway. is it YouTube on air? Is that what we're doing? There's YouTube like live, that. isn't there? Or YouTube? This is still called Hangouts on Air. What's the YouTube version of YouTube. Hangouts on Air? Isn't it something else like YouTube Live or YouTube Broadcast or something? No, this is still hang. This is still via Hangouts on Air. No, I know you- this is, but doesn't YouTube have its own version of like Hangouts on this Air that. branded as YouTube though? No. Oh, okay. It's it. The, there is. This is the only thing, and it is YouTube, but it's called Hangouts on Air. Okay, I see. It's all very confusing. Anyway, yeah. Point is, I don't use Hangouts anymore. And no one else should either because it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. It's, they, they've given up on it. Yeah. They've moved on. And evidently there's good reason because these other apps that people already use are having those same features. So, well, I don't know if there's good reason there is now, but I don't know that two years ago when they stopped two, one between one and two years ago, they stopped adding features to it. Oh, so, started working on Allo and like, Duo. but see WhatsApp people already use is already cross platform. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it has messaging. It has emoji it has well there's no ai but again no one uses ai right. in that way like so yeah. so my uh i found it interesting because when i started using android messenger was the default messaging app yeah yeah and one day i got a notification hey you should try hangouts it's our shiny new thing and you know started using hangouts it's now my default messaging app and just recently I started getting a notification saying, hey, you should try Messenger. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're giving up on Hangouts like everywhere, are we? Yeah. My first Android phone, it was Gtalk. And it was like, hey, you should use Hangouts. And now, yeah, I guess evidently they're advertising their Allo. So. Yeah. So, Mike, you use WhatsApp. I assume you don't use it for video. Or I guess you haven't because it just launched. But do you know if this uses, like, if you can do multi-person video chat, or is it just one-to-one? Uh, I believe it's multi-person. Okay. Like, I think it's I think it's group video calling. Let me, let I'll do some real-time follow-up here. Because I'm very curious because I have what's I've I have it the I have the app installed. I've gotten it on every platform that you can, but I've never actually used it with anybody because I don't. I don't have anybody's contact information synced through WhatsApp. So I think there might be a couple contacts that it just kind of added automatically when I first signed up. But when I first signed up, it was a dollar a year. And I was like, why would I pay a dollar a year when I can use Messenger or any other platform? But now it's free. And I just, it never got traction for me because nobody I knew used it as their main messaging platform. Right. Because North America, that didn't really happen. It, everywhere else in the world, WhatsApp, I think, is like the major... Like maybe parts of Asia use Line, I think, as their main or like there are different social networks yeah. there. But internationally, outside of Asia, North America, like Canada and the US, it's WhatsApp. Yeah, I think there's... Like I can start a group conversation mm-hmm. right now. Oh, God. You're going to have to use WhatsApp because of you two, aren't I? <laughs> no. It's going to be the next Slack. It's <laughs> definitely not the next Slack. So I guess on on that note, with Pokemon, I'm in a couple Facebook group chats for yeah. for this. And the main purpose of them is to coordinate on taking over gyms and yeah, training which up gyms, whatever. Which isn't really that hard anymore. <laughs> no, it's not. It's Well, that's I'm getting to that point. So... <laughs> Originally, it was used for that. Now, since gym battling is basically 
not happening anymore. Uh, it's just kind of idle chat, just kind of like, hey, look what I caught, or oh, does anyone know where this nest is, whatever, which is fine. Right. But I'm like, this is not battle related at all. It would be nice if we could divide up this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> How would if, one do that? Yeah. So I was like, should I? No, I'll just leave it. But it's like, Slack is perfect for this. And I guess there's this other app called Discord that people use, which is yeah. basically Slack. There are a bunch. There's yeah. one called River that also has the same feature set. Yeah. So yeah, based on, yeah. there's a couple different chat platforms that offer the flexibility to have different topics and whatnot, which I, I think is really good depending yeah. on what you're trying to do. But um, yeah, that's, I don't, for us, Slack is fine, but there's a lot Can of I, other places that use Facebook Messenger that could benefit from yeah. Slack. Can I state an unpopular opinion? Well, what's sure to be an unpopular opinion? You, if you thought I, about it's it. It's never stopped you before, Rob. <laughs> I think that Facebook should buy Slack and incorporate Facebook logins to Slack. That would make my life so much better. Or and just, why they don't need to buy Slack though. There's nothing Slack offers that isn't like easily implementable. Sorry, is well, there a lady talking in one of your backgrounds? I hear it too. Some audio coming from somewhere for me. Is it Maria? Or Julia. I don't think it's either of them, I but I definitely hear it. What does it sound like? It sounds a woman like talking. a lady talking. Yeah. What, is the, what is the voice saying? Can't tell. I can't hear it right now. Unintelligible. <laughs> but I definitely know what you're saying. I was, I was thinking it, the same thing. I was like trying to see if I had It could be from running. upstairs, but I can't hear anything because my earphones are fairly noise canceling or blocking okay. anyway. I could see that. How will we ever know? Mike's ears are plugged permanently. Oh, I took them out and I couldn't hear anything. That's why I asked you guys what it's saying. <laughs> and now conveniently, you can't hear it anymore. Uh, so funny. just real-time follow-up, you can't... doesn't look like you can do group video calls in WhatsApp. Okay, mm. that makes sense. Because it, it is very hard. That, like, Messenger also can't do group video calls. Okay. I don't think Skype can on mobile. I, I know people have multi-person Skype calls, but I don't, I'm not sure you can do multi-person video Skype calls. Okay. I know you could at one point, but I really feel like that's the only positive hangouts for me is that you can have bigger groups of people doing like video chat at the same time. So, By again. hangouts, you mean duo? I heard it again. No, I mean hangouts. The lady. Yeah, I heard it <laughs> the too. The lady was back. Okay, well, it's, it's probably Maria. I'll... <laughs> I still can't. No, hear it's anything. gone now, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it was only very brief. Mm-hmm. This episode will never air. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so that being said, we're approaching an hour. Do you guys want to do one more story and then wrap up with Pokemon? Or do you want to go straight to Pokemon? Do you have any preference? We could talk about this. We could talk very briefly about the story, which could change the future of humankind as we know it. This is the CRISPR one. Yes. Let's talk about CRISPR. I'm interested to hear about that. So. We've mentioned CRISPR on a bunch of past episodes, the gene editing technique that can basically, I don't want to say cure every disease, but can treat every disease. Um, and so th- this news that came out this week is the fact that uh, there are scientists in China that have used uh, CRISPR on people for the first time in, in a medical setting, like in a, I guess it's just a, a research test. Uh, so this person had... A patient had lung cancer and it was apparently very aggressive, uh, so aggressive that it warranted 
the use of unapproved treatments uh, as a last resort. And so they, these people at Sichuan University uh, used modified immune cells to try to treat lung cancer. Modified, they had been modified with CRISPR. Uh, and as far as I know, there's no outcome yet, but the test is ongoing. And there is, so this was just, a, this, this origin, uh, first study was one person, but there's another, the results are apparently encouraging. I'm not sure if like it completely cured it yet. I don't think that's known, but there are another 10 patients that are going to be treated as part of another trial uh, also happening in China. And I feel like this is going to lead to a medical version of a space race as American scientists are seeing that CRISPR is being used. And I feel like they're going to go, oh, well. We should probably do this if we're gonna if it's gonna revolutionize medicine. We should probably get out ahead on this. Would you I'm say imagining it's like a... explaining that to people in the past and being like, <laughs> "Yes, there's a CRISPR race." It's like a crisp <laughs> race, like <laughs> chips, like potato chips. You're having a potato chip race with China. It's like, no, no, it's yeah. far more complicated than that. It's a cracker yeah. race, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Rob, would you would you describe it as a Sputnik 2.0? Well, this article sure does say that much. <laughs> I don't think that's a very good metaphor necessarily because no, that wasn't so. China. <laughs> um, it was a big step by a foreign power that's not the United States in a race to do some big scientific breakthrough. But uh, it's, yeah, I, I the, the article mentions, uh, I guess this is... A, uh, an a professor of immunotherapy mm. from the University of Pennsylvania talking, saying that he thinks competition is important, and he's the one that used the term Sputnik 2.0. Uh, and the, the, just the fact that competition will kind of get everyone more involved and more – like if you're trying to win something, there's more incentive than if you're just kind of trying to make progress slowly and steadily – this could lead theoretically to bad treatments if people are trying, but uh, like the, the medical community is very like, has a lot of, there's a lot of ethics involved. There's a lot of kind of rubber stamping and making sure everything is done according to procedures. And so I'm not too worried about that, but it does seem like it seems like the kind of thing where China has an advantage in that maybe, and maybe this is just kind of my own bias and kind of thinking but it seems like China probably has less regulations when it comes to medical testing, and maybe they have less getting in their way in order, like in, in terms of doing human testing. Um, but I think seeing it happen and seeing it happen, especially with CRISPR successfully, or even, even if there's any kind of progress, even if it doesn't necessarily save the person, but if you see like a reduction in the growth of cancer, whatever it, whatever the case may be, that the U.S. will start seeing it as more safe and consider doing human trials too. Right. It seems like there's a lot of races going on right now. Like yeah. Between AI, autonomous vehicles, which is kind of AI, mm -hmm. and then VR and solar, and I guess now this the, the actual Sputnik 2.0. The actual Sput yeah, the actual Sputnik 2.0. Like else. there's a lot of scientific and technological advancement that's being driven by competition which is yeah. it seems like it's not it hasn't happened for a while but maybe mm. that's just me getting older and paying more attention to this kind of stuff <laughs> which is probably more the case yeah like in i mean the i'm 90s. sure if you've been paying attention around the time well if we'd been older around the time that the human genome project was going on like yeah 
we definitely would have been super stoked for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but or even no, the advent the sp- of like dual core processors. <laughs> yeah. Not that that's, yeah, that's the same. Definitely but- <laughs> a Sputnik moment. Yeah. There's like flying around in outer space, and then there's two processors at once. <laughs> but that's not what I mean. The, but the number of razors in a in a shave kit. <laughs> 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 that'll be the true defining test of nanotechnology yes. <laughs> he just this block that looks like just you know a block but it's actually several thousand ra- or blades separately yeah um no i was gonna say like the sputnik analogy doesn't seem to work really well because that's just you know how fast can we get a rocket that will go up that far mm-hmm. whereas crispr is like in china I guess they can just do it, but in the United States, there's like, no, we actually have these things, the clinical trials and very strict guidelines about how we do these things. Yeah. Can't just go shooting people up with Cas9. Yeah. And it, at the end of the article, it does mention that there are plans in the U.S. to start clinical trials, but they're going through approval still uh, for different kinds of cancers. Yeah. They mention renal, prostate, and bladder cancer. But still seeking approval, apparently still seeking funding. I don't know why, given the kind of blockbuster results of animal and plant trials, why CRISPR wouldn't be funded. But apparently the trials aren't necessarily all funded or there haven't been any that have approval and funding yet. I'm really surprised there's no funding. Yeah. Well, not necessarily there's no funding, but there isn't enough funding yet. Well, yeah. It's possible. We haven't really talked about the the cost of CRISPR. It's could be that it's a very expensive technique because you have to kind of custom design yeah. um, every time. <laughs> Maybe we did talk about that briefly. But yeah, it, it's not necessarily an easy, straightforward technique. Like, it's not a, the kind of thing where you can build one treatment and then just use it on everybody. You'd have to kind of do it one at a time, it seems like. Maybe that won't be the case once it kind of becomes more prevalent, but we'll see. It's just reading this article further, it, the process it says they used was removing immune cells from the blood of the patient yeah. and then modifying them to take out a gene that helped propagate cancer mm-hmm. and then putting those cells back in. Yeah. So to me, it prevented the spread, but right. just without knowing enough about it, it doesn't sound like it's attacking the cancer. Like right. actively, it's more... The same way you have a forest fire and you build like a fire line or fire yeah, break. Prevent more. To prevent the f- spread, but you're not really doing anything to the existing cancer. At least that's what this paragraph seems yeah. to describe. Well, and the, the like cancer is basically runaway growth of right. relatively normal cells. So it seems like a valid technique in order to make cancer not be worse. For sure. I, it just, it, my understanding of what CRISPR was was that you put in stuff that went and ser- seeked and destroyed. Right whatever it is you're trying to target and maybe that's why it got approved right again this is like all conjecture yeah but it seems like maybe if it's a less kind of attacking technique and it's more passive right treatment that maybe that's why it got approved more quickly and the actual CRISPR process was done outside of the patient yeah like they, they did the process on the blood targeting the gene that allowed the propagation of the cancer so again, you're not using the CRISPR on the cancer. You're knocking out the gene that allows for the spread of the cancer. Right. So I think, yeah, I think this is a very edge case of CRISPR, use of CRISPR and saying it's used on a human was 
kind of a stretch. Well, it was used in human treatment. I think that's the right. the new part. Yeah, but I think what you're saying is true. Is that's probably why it was okay? Yeah, because you're not just like shoving a bunch of CRISPR attack yeah. drones into a person. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think that could go badly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, in that case, you guys want to do another after show? I don't know who put in the notes about Pokemon Go. I assume it was you, Mike. Um, but apparently, there's some follow up that we're going to follow up after show with. Uh, so for now, I'll say thank you for listening to this week's episode of Future Chat. If this ever gets out, uh, if I'm ever able to edit in a way that makes logical sense, uh, you can head to unwindmedia.com slash future chat for past episodes of the show and much more. See you next week. Ciao. Toodaloo. All right, Mike, what's your what's your Pokemon uh, after show news? What's your, what's your check-in about? I don't know if we've ever established what our current gameplay is like like it it seems like nick you're not really playing at all anymore it does seem oh, like you're not playing oh, at all yesterday <laughs> i don't know how it happened but i had two days in a row off which i'm actually gonna check now just because i'm always paranoid when i think i have a day off <laughs> i tell you non-regular scheduling it's the worst yeah <laughs> it sounds bad it's the 20th oh thank god yes that's not me okay (laughs) so yesterday uh kai was out at dinner so naturally i pounded some soylent and i went to the local apron nest nice oh prince's island park is the best nest yeah except it's not the best because you have to like wander forever you see something pop up on nearby it's like oh it's a big island on foot yeah. So yeah, I caught it would have been f- five or six Abra. Oh, nice! In about yeah. an hour, and like I missed a couple because I just could not find them. But right. I also, also, I have had the distinct honor of being suspected to be a robot nice. on Pokemon Go. Did you get the yeah. captcha? I didn't because I was actually trying to catch an Abra at the time. <laughs> So I was like, no, go away, go away, go away. I need to catch the Sabra. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it pops up with a picture of a Magnemite. And you have to click click a box to say I'm not a robot, which is funny because Magnemite. Yeah. And then it shows you, well, it showed me six pictures and says, which of these are shops? Right. Yeah. yeah. When, I, so cool. when I use my tracking app, I have to fill out 15 of those. Some of those are so hard. <laughs> they are hard, especially on such a small screen. Well, it's it's more like it's like oh, select the regions that are that have a street sign, and yeah. there's some boxes that have like an edge of a street sign. I'm like, is yeah. that a street sign? Like, am I supposed <laughs> to click that one? Speaking yeah. of which, that app still has never worked for me. But that's too bad. Um, no, I on the topic of the Aberness is is good. I caught two where the Vulpix were spawning down yeah. by the double Pokesoft, Nick. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's there's a spawn point there, a double spawn point, I guess. Um, um, oh, and there's a Charmander nest at Shaw Millennium Park. Yeah, so that might be a thing to do. Yeah, but no, as, as far as my current game right now, I've I've basically stopped focusing on gyms. Like I'll take my couple in the morning and then cash out, and that's right. about it. But. It's it's not a I wouldn't even say it's a part of my game right now. So I I, I, I powered up my 
Jolteon and Electabuzz with my Stardust, and now I'm working on my Raichu, so mm-hmm. assembling my electric army. Right. Good job, Serge. <laughs> I read a comment, or a post, I guess, on Reddit about people who are salty about the new gym update, basically saying that the people who are salty about it are just the ones that wanted to collect their 100 coins every day, and now they can't, and that's why they're upset. And I'm like, that's Mike. That <laughs> is Mike not, right there. no, that's actually not true. <laughs> I it's, only collected eight or nine no, every day. The 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 dust and coins was a nice bonus, but I, I legitimately enjoyed training training up gyms and working as a group, like in the group that I work with. But you still can work as a group. It's just half as efficient. It's pointless. What do you mean you can work as a group? How do you work as a group? without working yeah. as a group or, or, you or you're, oh you mean like with the current gym system yeah no because you spend literally an hour training up a gym to open up a couple spots and it gets yeah. the entire gym not just the one spot the entire gym gets torn down in like 15 minutes but couldn't the entire gym be torn down in 15 minutes before no no how how did they make attacking a gym easier because the prestige loss from defeating a, a defender got increased from 500 to 1,000. So now it's twice as fast to take down a gym. Interesting. And it's and the prestige gain from training up got halved, so it takes twice as long to build up a gym. So now it's okay. four times as hard to maintain, to keep, to keep a gym. And that's also huh. max prestige. And You're that's taking max, down yeah. something yeah, with, yeah, yeah. like, half the CP. That's the thing. The like, the half CP thing only works for, like, Dragonites. Like, or right. maybe Vaporeon... If you have like a solar beam parasect and even Mm. then that's a stretch like, oh yeah, I wanted to say for the first time ever in a gym, I met, I encountered a a defender, I guess that had solar beam. I'd never seen that attack take place before. Yeah, no, there's executor solar beams all over the place. Yeah. But so yeah, anyway, what Nick was saying, like that four times, that's like a best case. So generally it's like probably six to eight times as hard. Right. But I actually, I trained with Mike and his deep south crew it was it was actually really good it was a really yeah. nice time albeit fairly futile toward the end but uh, right, that's well beside the point because we had I, valor taking valor down our gym as we were everywhere. training it up right i'm considering as opposed to fighting gyms and installing my pokemon there when i go and do when i have like half an hour an hour of battling yep. and i'm downtown i'm considering just going fighting a gym leaving it empty waiting for someone to come in taking it down, like just getting XP that way instead of like, once I put a Pokemon in a gym, I can't do anything with it. You, right. It just becomes useless to me. You yeah. can't really do that now though. Cause it blocks other people from dropping things off for, for half for an hour, a little bit. Or is, is it, it half, half an hour? Or is it 30 seconds? It's 30 something. There's Maybe no it's way seconds. it's half an hour. I think it's 30 seconds. That sounds more. <laughs> half right. an hour would suck. Yeah. Half an hour would that suck. would be insane. Just an empty <laughs> gym sitting there for a half hour. Cause you won't put something in it. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, but no, like so people do. People that. will do that if they've collected their coins already for that day yeah. and they don't want to waste potions right, for reviving. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So it I'm, seems I'm like now my best case. At least they're not level ten gyms anymore. Right. So if I'm light footed, I can take down the Red Arrow and the Calgary Tower and collect twenty coins a day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like at this point, I'm getting more excited for like the pokedex aspect like ditto supposed yeah. to be released pretty soon well yeah. and then the legendaries eventually and then gen 2 like i'm wondering slash hoping that uh do you remember the one 
episode of Pokemon where they had the Ditto trainer, but that particular Ditto wasn't able to transform all the way. It still kept the weird smiley face. No, I don't remember no. that. I haven't watched too far. Oh, yeah. It kept the Ditto face, okay. but the body of the rest of the Pokemon. Sure. So I'm, I'm wondering if that's how it's going to be released. <laughs> it's, I'm going to look at a Pokemon and be like, what is wrong with its face? <gasps> or maybe it'll transform into your buddy. Maybe. I'm, I'm worried say, that it, that you won't be able to tell it's a Ditto when you encounter it. Yeah, that would suck. And like, or that I'll try to catch it with my my Pogo Plus. It's like, oh, it's just a Pidgey. I'll just click the button. And it's like, no! That was my Ditto! In theory, yeah. though, in that case, it would be super common. And so... What do you mean be super common? You would just catch another one. But it wouldn't be every Pidgey. It's- it wouldn't be every Pidgey, but if you're seeing it in a Pidgey, you're probably... Like 90, 95% of Pidgeys. But you don't know what the spawn rate of Ditto's going to be. Right. But if you encounter one, you're probably going to encounter more than one. That's I know I, that's a fallacy, but... That's what I thought about hatching my Dratini, and I still haven't. <laughs> You've hatched a, you hatched a Dratini? It's my first 10k egg, and I was like, oh, oh wow. Dratini, that's not bad. Little did I know. It's not yeah. bad? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. I was like, oh, that's very not one. bad. It was like 60 CP when I hatched it. <laughs> so sad. I am like two Dratinis away from a super strong Dragonite. And I'm so excited. I have 116 candy Where now. are you getting all your Dratini candies from? Well, now I'm walking it. But on Friday, on my walk home to the bus stop, uh, there were two at the Rideau Canal. But what about the other, like, 100? Where you- I've just been... I, I hatched one in the last month or so. And that was, like... It, they give you, like, 20 or 30 candy. That's a point, though. Like, But that's why there's such rare hatches. Like, Yeah. Anyway. I've hatched two, I think. And then I've caught I've caught them relatively regularly, and now I'm walking it. Wow! Damn you, Rob! Now are you paying attention to I, are you paying attention to IVs? Yeah, now Rob. Really? I mean, I, now I am only because I have the ones the high CP ones that I have with middling IVs are getting usurped by ones with higher IVs. So, so I'm like, what I'm hearing is I'm only paying attention to it now because it matters. Right, because it, I'm now in the point where a 10% stronger Pokemon is the only thing that I have to advance. I can, I have, <laughs> like, f- for instance here, I have a, in my top 12, let's say, I have a 2400 Vaporeon, which is maxed out, and I have a 2200 Vaporeon that's not maxed out, that is a lower IV. So I'm not going to max it out. I'm not going to put anything into it because it's not going to get as high. Because its IV Sorry? is lower. I only want the highest CP. That's all I yeah. care about. So yeah. if something has a better IV, I'm going to power that up because it will have an overall higher CP at the yeah. end. I thought you said your 2200 had a better I- had better IVs. No. Okay. It, either they're very similar or yeah, like no, they're not distinguishably different. I'm of I'm kind of the same. Like I've evolved a couple EVs that were 800 ish just because I wanted more attackers. Mm-hmm. And I got a couple of Vaporeons, but the IVs aren't high enough to be worth powering them up because right. they're only going to get to like 22 instead of 24. Mm-hmm. The um, Have you guys seen, like there are people who have giant, I know you guys are also two of them, too, have giant backpacks. See, that's fine, but um, you're showing me 1785, you said? 75. I powered up, I have a 1785 Jolteon as well. Yeah. But I my strongest one is 1801 right now. Right. Yeah, no, these IVs aren't 
great. I think they're only really strong. And this was yeah. before I heard about IVs, and I think Nick was just getting into IVs. Right. Like, it's not bad. Like, I think it's around probably 10-10-10-ish versus right. 14s and 15s. Yeah. Also, I'm getting to, well, Sprouts McGee is now maxed out, and I'm looking at the at the CP and going, hmm. <laughs> um yeah could uh could use some more cp there what's he at oh he has one more to go because i just hit level 30 yeah i'll just i'll show the camera here he has one more power up to go yeah that's what's wrong with that it, it would only be like 2200 if it had 100 percent ivs nick you realize that right yeah also would have been nice I can't see what's, the level on that. that. I know. Back, it's back. So blurry. Back, back up. Keep going. Blurry. Back up. Why did your camera suck at focusing so much? I think I locked <laughs> I think I locked the focus distance. <laughs> the but same thing happened last time. You don't have the bokeh happening behind you this time though. That's good. So sorry, what's uh, the It's eighteen thirty four. Oh, okay. Is it maxed out? No, not even close. Okay. What is it now? Vine whip and pedal blizzard. Yeah. I thought we talked about this. I, I typed it. Yeah. Why did I get Raised to Leave Pedal Blizzard? I'll just say though, um, I that never you're thought. You're also disappointed that <laughs> Sprouts McGee got Razor Leaf Pedal Blizzard instead of Vine Whip Solar Beam <laughs> or Razor Leaf Sludge Bomb. Yeah. Which would make it super useful in either aspect, not just kind of useful everywhere. Nick, I need your, I need your advice. Okay. So I have, I have two Victory Bell. Okay. Okay. I've got a 1900 one that I haven't powered up that knows Razor Leaf Sludge Bomb. And then I have a 1651 that knows Razor Leaf Leaf Blade with high IVs. Leaf Blade? Yeah. It's sa- oh, I've same never as, actually seen that one. Same as Petal Blizzard damage, kind of, I think. Oh, okay. Is um, it better DPS or does uh, it really matter? That's a good question. I haven't looked into it that much. I think it's fairly similar to to Petal Blizzard. I mean... But the point is, is that neither is Vine Whip and neither has Solar Beam. I don't think it learns Vine Whip. It learns Acid and Razor Leaf. Oh, does it? Correctly. Oh. Interesting. Because I, I want to use one as a defender, but its CP isn't super high. Like its oh, max CP. Use, um, use Razor Leaf Sludge Bomb. You think so? Yeah. I guess because if, if you're count, what, what would you counter? you counter with fire probably. Yeah, so you're getting... So you're getting... Like, the, poison yeah. is neutral instead. Right, yeah. So unless you're attacking with Psychic to take advantage of the poison typing. Right. But I don't know why I don't know why you do that when the fire types are so much better. Yeah. When his max CP is so low that it's only going to be like the bottom two or three rungs. So it's not like it would last in a gym that long anyway. Mm. But. So, yeah, Razor Leaf Sludge Bomb is the best defending move set. Okay. Cuz Razor Leaf does more damage than Acid. Yeah. Can I just say in terms of now Mike's new goal of filling his Pokédex? That I now only have three left to go to nationally fill. Nice. That's crazy. That's literally, and I'm never going to get there because I cannot get a 10 keg to save my life. <laughs> you are have you are you on like Ottawa Pokemon sites like either Facebook or Reddit or any of those? I'm on the Reddit for Ottawa. Are you using the Sulf Road? No. Well. There's your problem. Why? Like, Go there's, to the there's... Sylph Road. It will tell you where to find the Pokemon. How? The I've Nest gone on there Atlas. And, and what? The Nest but the, Atlas. There's not going to be a Chansey or a Lapras Nest in Ottawa. 
No, but you might find like information on spawn yeah. points. It will say sightings too. Possibly. Yeah, it depends on how dedicated your local people are. But yeah, but that that's where on the actual local sites like Facebook, they'll say, "Oh, Cottage Tansy, wherever," or "Cottage Angela, wherever," or you can just post saying, "Hey, I'm looking for these three Pokemon. Does anyone know where I can find them?" You can post that on on Facebook. Silk Road? No, on Facebook. Well, like that both. Pe- well, both, but people use Facebook a lot for that, saying, hey, I'm looking for this. Is there anywhere I can find it? And chances are someone has caught some somewhere, so at least it's a place to start if you're willing to go travel, which I know I'm not going to drive across the city for something. Yeah, I'm not going to drive across the city for it. But if it's within five kilometers, I'll probably go. Right. If I can finish it. Right. So I... Uh... So I have a question for you guys. Um I now have about 25 candy to go to take an Abra to Alakazam. That yeah. said, like, I have a Kadabra, but its IVs are, like, low 80s, and I just caught a low to mid 90s, or I hatched a low to mid 90s Abra. Yep. So I could go and finish that off at Pip today, or I could go to Shaw, the Shaw Millennium Park. And start working on Charmander. I should finish Abra first. I don't think I'm yeah. going to use Charizard for anything. No. You're going to use Charizard for much more than you're going to use Alakazam for. That's not true. As someone who has an Alakazam. <laughs> but how strong is yours? And what moves does it have? Well, the, it's very high in terms of Alakazams, but very low in terms of everything. You didn't oh, answer man. the question. Kaya? I'm going to look it up. <laughs> Kaya, like, Kaya made Abra her buddy as her first buddy Pokemon, so she could yeah. get an Alakazam. Learned, like, Zen Headbutt and Shadow Ball. Yeah. It was, the like... Worst. They're, like, Hypnos. The biggest disappointment. Yeah. But they can learn Psycho Cut, and mm-hmm. before the nerf, it was one of the... It was, like, the best move in the game. Mine is almost maxed out. It's probably level 29 or 30, and it's 1433, and it has Confusion and Shadow Ball. Oh, God. Prepare to be disappointed. My Charizard is only level 20, and it's 1452. That sounds like the fire types, all right. Inflated CP, low stamina. And it's uh, Wing Attack and Fire Blast, which seems fine. Yeah, that, I can get... That is their best moveset. Yeah. Alakazam, Use that against Exeggutor. Alakazam can get Psycho Cut Psychic, which basically, unless it gets Psycho Cut, it's just a bad Hypno. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been surprised. I've been reading up lately on gym defenders. Hypno ranks really highly as a gym defender. Yeah, I know. It's Why? solid because I keep like I keep some hip- hypnos yeah. around. They're super tanky. Like they have really good HP. Yeah. And if you can get a high IV one, like they get to pretty high CP too. I think I I hatched a really good IV one at one point, and it knows confusion psychic. I think. Yeah. Also, apparently Psychic will screw up older phones, like the animation, and then it makes it hard to dodge. <laughs> yeah. Guys. Submission makes my defend or my attacker disappear all the time. What's up, Rob? The Silph Road has no chancy sightings in Ottawa. The closest chancy sighting to Ottawa is two hours away in Montreal. Mm. But that's where you have to I use your actual local group. Why? Because you're not going to have, like Nick was saying, dedicated Silph Rodians in Ottawa. But I, I have sightings. to wait... I have to wait until at least the end of November to see a Lapras again because they're all in Japan right now. Is that a, is that confirmed that there's actually been nobody's no caught sightings? a wild Lapras or, as far as I know, hatched one since the event started? Hmm. So yes, I keep checking because that's all I need. Yeah. 
And like, yeah, you'll usually see people posting, hey, I caught a Lapras. But yeah, yeah usually I haven't seen one in a while. Yeah, me neither, actually. Japan. So I have to wait. I like the idea of all the Lapras like migrating over there. I, I like the idea, but not for like three weeks. <laughs> no, you but know just be cool. Just Carl's like the idea in Calgary for Stampede. <laughs> no, there's Tauros everywhere right there's, now. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's already actually the Stampede. Ridiculous. <laughs> oh, when did you uh, get that? See, that's all I want. It was a hatch. Nice. It's literally all I want. It knows Zen headbutt and psychic. Yep. <laughs> because of course it does. <laughs> be a very good defender. If it had any defense stats at all. Mm-hmm. Isn't it attack stats long- it, la- it lacks? Sorry? I thought its attack is just really bad. Well, yeah. It's... We left... Um, Kaya had a Chansey and I had a Gengar. And we left it at this one little trail in Jasper. Where you have to, like, walk down a trail, then across a bridge and into an island in the middle of a lake. And there's a gym there. I think they lasted almost a week. It was pretty great. Huh. Mike, let's so, go to Torrington. Chansey's base stats is 40 attack, 60 defense, and 500 stamina. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I looked that up at one point. Yeah, it's just... So it's like... The problem is it its defense is so low that it just rolls right over in gym battles. I feel like... Like there's a Lapras event going on in Japan. I feel like there's a Kabuto event going on on Parliament Hill. This is It's like more than a nest. That's probably a nest, like Rob. Every Kabuto in the world is spawning just <laughs> on Parliament Hill. Well, there are Kabuto there's, here, so... There's like 40 all the time. That's a lot of Kabuto. You must <laughs> yeah. have like a few Kabutops at this point. I do. I've deleted Kabutopses. <laughs> what? Rob... I'm keeping one of each. I deleted a 1600 pincer because I have like a 1650 because there's also a pincer nest right near there. And also pincer is a worse version of Scyther, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Does it even get um, bug buzz? I don't think it does. Which one? I don't think pincer. so. I don't know. Mine has rock smash and vice grip. Ooh. I'm ready to evolve my Ammonite. If it gets rock moves, it will be my Lapras Slayer. If not, <laughs> I'll just... I'll get the Starmie I have with did you see the Golem I've, and Power Jam. Did you see the Golem I evolved? I uh, think so. Rock Throw and Stone Edge? Yeah. That's what mine got. It's been very good against Dragonite. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. No- I noticed that too. Huh. Golem. Like just, you know, Rockstar on defense, so... Takes mm-hmm. him right down. It's beautiful. Yeah. I want to level him up at some point. I'm working. Whew. I'm bringing up Wigglytuff, Gollum, my Bubble Hydro Pump, Polyrath, and one more. Raichu. Okay, Nick, here's my other dilemma. I can evolve a Polyrath, but I don't have a good strong one. But I have a couple hatched ones with decent IVs. What do I do? Are you using it as a gym defender? Because that's what it's I, best as. Well, it de- it depends on the moveset. If it gets bubble submission, then yes. Bubble hydro pump, maybe, probably. <sighs> uh, I don't know. I'd go with the IVs because 
If you're doing it as a defender, you want that so, CP as high as possible. So much Stardust, though. Yeah. yeah. I haven't had, like, Stardust since I started walking Sprouts. <laughs> so, <laughs> since the buddy update, I just haven't had any disposable Stardust. Right. You guys, I got enough candy finally to ha- evolve a second Raichu a couple days ago. The first one I had, I was so excited about, and it had Thunder Shock and Thunder Punch. And I was so excited. And then I evolved oh, you were a second excited. one. That's sad. Thunder Punch is good. That's the one I'm powering up. And then I evolved the second okay. one. It's got it almost had... the same DPS as Thunder, but you get three energy bars for it. Okay. The new one had Spark. Don't patronize me, Nick. <laughs> spark and Brick Break. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> Nick. Mine learned Spark and Thunder, and I'm like, okay. Nick. <laughs> I already have... Up. I already have a Thundershock, Thunder, Jolteon, and Electabuzz. Yeah. So I, I want a Thundershock, Thunder Punch Raichu for the versatility. That's, that's fair want, enough, Surge. When that's, I want that's frequent good. attack ability. You didn't get to be a lieutenant by not knowing your stuff. So. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to Thunder Punch you in the face. <laughs> it's great because... I'm Ernica, and I use Grass Pokemon, and Electric isn't very effective. 